Welcome to the first episode of The Drunk Web. I'm your host, Sina Jazieri. Uh, you're awesome, by the way, for tuning in. I have no idea how to do a podcast. I've never done one before, so I have a lot of things to figure out. But I'm hoping that the quality of my guests and the material itself will make up for some of those things. So a quick background on me. I live in New York City. I've been a software engineer for nearly 10 years now. I build web apps, native apps, mobile apps, uh, for the most part, uh, front-end. What I like the most and what I'm good at is where front-end engineering meets UX and UI design. I like designing code and architecting code, uh, but I also like designing graphics and experiences. And there is no better place to do all of those things at once than the web. So that's where I ended up. At the time of this recording, I'm the lead engineer at a company called Patsquad. If you want to know more about me, my website is sinjazz.com. So I realized there are a lot of people out there already with great podcasts and great shows and awesome material and insight into our industry. Personally, I'm a big fan of The Web Ahead by Jen Simmons. Shout out to Jen. Shop Talk Show with Dave Rupert and Chris Coyer is also a good one. I mean, who doesn't like Chris? And plenty others. So very quickly, I want to talk about why the world needs yet another podcast. I've been lucky enough to meet and work with a lot of cool, awesome, interesting people, you know, from engineers to designers to strategists to even CEOs and managers and testers, QA, offshore, onshore, doesn't matter. Uh, there's been a lot of people who influenced my career, I feel, in a positive way. Um, and often I sit down with some of them and have conversations that I would have loved to listen to when I was first learning about code or even now. I think there's a tremendous amount of value in discussing our industry in a casual, fun setting with people who are actively working in it and making it better every day. So a few weeks ago, I sat down with an old friend of mine who played a big role in my understanding of browser behavior and, and layout and specifically core CSS. I wanted to tell him what I've been up to with Flexbox and all these new things I've been using and so, you know maybe he would be proud of me. And we were at a bar and we were chatting and I noticed how much the drinks were helping the conversation go. Yeah, so apparently I didn't get the memo on drinks. So anyway, our conversation turned into something between a technical discussion and drunk history, except not as drunk. Uh, and I actually recorded it and listened to it the next day. And I found a lot of interesting things in there. So I decided to create my own version of a web podcast talking about web technologies or anything related to technology with this casual and social element thrown into the mix. So maybe one day I can tape the show at bars and lounges around New York. But for now, I hope you get something out of these conversations. And thank you again for tuning in. And here we go. Episode one of The Drunk Web. Welcome, James Wanga, my first guest ever. And, you know, we've had this talk so many times before. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to make it official. So will you marry me? Oh, fuck. <laughs> 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 so I know you. Yeah. But there's a bunch of people who don't know you. Yeah. I thought maybe I should give the introduction, but all I'm going to say is that you taught me JavaScript. So is that true? That's true, yeah. You didn't know any JavaScript before? I didn't know any JavaScript, no. Oh, damn. I mean, I've done ActionScript, which is not similar at all. <laughs> no, it's similar. <laughs> but uh, JavaScript is it's very different. Yeah. Actually, JavaScript and Angular, he taught me together. I knew. I, I, I remember... 
teaching Angular. I didn't realize you were learning JavaScript. I was learning JavaScript too, yeah. Holy and shit. it's totally the wrong way to learn JavaScript. You know what's awesome about JavaScript? Is JavaScript was written the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> and so it really doesn't matter how you learn it. You weren't the first person to make a mistake with JavaScript. The guy that created it did it. Yeah, yeah. I remember there was, there was a lot of things in there that just didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And those exact same things are the things that people are talking about. Yeah. The way the scope changes sometimes and not other times. You know, this means something in most places, but then in a couple of places it changes its meaning. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, that was my introduction. This guy taught me how to do JavaScript. So I'm I'm genuinely impressed that you were learning JavaScript at the same time. Yeah. I don't that's crazy dude you learned it incredibly fast i mean i work with dramatically overpaid engineers and i have to teach them javascript right and uh i was one of them and angular no 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 and i I mean it's like i've been working with guys for like a year and a half Mm -hmm. and they're struggling to yeah that was only like a couple weeks or months even that wasn't very long how much you time and, you and, you and I spent together? Oh, yeah. No, it was hardly two weeks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel like that was really quick. Yeah, it was quick. I But I will add one thing to it. We worked together for more than a year. Maybe a couple of years. Maybe more than that. Two, two and a half? Two yeah, years. two and a half years, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I learned a ton from you. Not just, you know, hard skills, programming, but also how to approach problems. You're running your own startup company now. And it's been how many years? Two, two years? Yeah, it's changed. Uh, Not to be too Silicon Valley-ish, yeah. but we've pivoted. Okay. Yeah. We're the co-founder of GoLab, and we did a hackathon together yeah. at HBO that almost made it to... Uh, um, well, we won. We did win. Yeah, we won. Uh, we kicked ass, we actually. Kicked, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we ended up pitching it to yeah. uh, higher and higher and higher management yeah. until we got to... We got pretty high. We got high. Yeah. I don't know if we pitched to the CEO, but yeah. no. But but we got pretty close. Yeah. And it was a second screen experience. Yeah. And uh, what else did we do together? We became friends. Became friends. Yeah. You came to my wedding. I came to your wedding. Yeah. I came to your uh, bachelor party, for which we both got in trouble because we didn't give enough notice to the managers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I told you two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I told you on the flight down there. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had plenty of old fashions together, which is the reason why today, for the first episode of The Drunk Web, we're drinking Eagle Rare bourbon, old fashioned. I had to go downstairs and buy uh, orange bitters. And uh, the Eagle Rare was uh, a gift from a special person. So that's what we're drinking today. We've already had, Fabulous. what, one and a half before yeah. we started the episode? Yeah. 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 Cool. And uh, that's my intro for you. Cool. Deal with it. So <laughs> all I need from you is that what you're up to right now. These days. Yeah, yeah. What do you... Actually, maybe give us a quick introduction. Sure. Like, how, do you, how did you get started with technology? And, you know, where are you right now? Yeah. Um, so the steam engine was invented in eight. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell the story with the the toys. When I was a kid. Yeah. yeah, you said you would go to this place maybe with your brother. Oh, yeah. and you would you would pick the the yeah. ruins. Yeah, so I was uh, I'm uh, I'm Kenyan, and uh, I grew up in Kenya in the eighties, and uh, you couldn't really just like go to a Toys R Us to buy. Toys, <laughs> you know? And uh, I mean, it was you know I, I grew up pretty comfortable in middle class, but. Um, but a lot of that stuff just hadn't 
you know, we yeah. just hadn't gotten there yet. Yeah. Um, there was no Toys R Us. There was no Toys R Us. Okay. There was just no Toys R Us. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, that, and generally toys weren't a thing. Like, you, you just didn't buy toys for kids. Like, right. they just sort of sorted it out. They just grew up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just, you just grew up and dealt with it. <laughs> it, was, it was fucking life. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so when I, um, in the house I lived in, in Kenya, there was a junkyard, like, not too far away for old, mm. uh, there was a lot of old cars there that uh, never got crushed, and they would just throw them in. Cars? Car, yeah. Right. Yeah, like, okay. yeah, old cars, you know, when a car, when a car dies, they got to go put it to rest somewhere. Yeah. They did that by my house. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so I had this friend of mine, Daniel, who lived up the street. And so we would climb the fence into this junkyard and we would just take these old cars apart and, uh, and just like rip the wiring out and, and then build toys out of these ones. So that's when I first got into engineering, not really knowing what it was. It was just like, gotta have fun yeah right um, so, so you, you literally picked parts yeah we just took we took cars apart and then okay. uh, well not entire cars but you know right. you'd rip out because we, we were tiny yeah <laughs> so you could like, take a whole car but apart. but there was okay so, so yeah, you, you pick whatever you thought was interesting yeah yeah okay. and so for the people listening and one of the cool things you should look up something called a galimoto it starts with a g and this is a, how a lot of Kenyan kids first learned to play. And, and uh, um, so what a Galimoto is, is it's kind of a remote control car. Mm. Not really, but made out of, it's like a mechanic. It, it's, a, it's a manual remote control car. That's a silly state, statement. But the, the way it works is you, you just rip wiring out of things, like thick gauge, like, a, like aluminum like mm-hmm. extruded wire. And you shape a car out of it, right? Uh, and uh, you build like an axle and rack and pinion steering, and and uh, and then you you take like a big long stick like bamboo, and you attach it to uh, to a to a sort of a, a pivot or a fulcrum in the rack and pinion steering, and then you put like a real steering wheel uh-huh. from a car on uh-huh. the other end, or well, I guess you can use different things, and then you just walk with it in front of you, and then you can steer the car. Oh, wow. So, yeah. But you have to make your... So everybody made their own? Everybody made their own. Wow. Yeah. Was there a competition? Like, whose was cooler? I mean, I guess sometimes I saw competitions, but it was mostly like... Was yours was just, cool? No, mine's were shit. Mine was shit. <laughs> like, and I was also like... But dude, you were the engineer. I mean, that's... Well, not yet. I was six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were the engineer to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it, was just, it was just one of those things. It's a part of, like, growing up <laughs> as a young Kenyan boy. It's like you learned how to make... Galimotos and, and right, uh, um, and other toys. There was something I don't remember what they're called. Maybe they're Galimotos too. But um, uh, it was kind of like that, except then you you build a a, a man like a wire man, uh-huh. and then you, like wrap cloth around him to give him clothes, okay. and you attach him to a to a bicycle Galimoto. And it was huh. just, it was like a like a bike, and people that were really good could make it so that as the wheels are turning while you push it. It turns the pedals on the bikes, and the guy's legs go up oh, and down. Oh, that's cool! It like he was actually bicycling. Okay. So those are super cool. Like, but I, I, I wasn't good enough to make those. I just made like a normal. Okay. But anyway, but that was your approach, right? Your yeah. approach to it. first engineering. Yeah, that was yeah. when I first got exposed to engineering, and, and back when you know, six year olds were allowed to go dumpster diving without <laughs> caring about whether or not they'd come back. You know what? Money. I'm glad you survived all this. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, um, I wouldn't know JavaScript. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Okay. So, um, so yeah. Anyway, 
so my my family moved to the states uh, in the late eighties, and uh, and my first exposure to computer engineering was probably in the third grade. Okay, I had this incredible teacher who bought an Apple IIe, but his wife wouldn't let him keep it in the house because he would just like be on the computer all the time. <laughs> And, and so he brought it to school and uh-huh. he offered for any of the students. That's a cool just like, teacher. Dude, that's, this is why this, you know what? It's funny. Sometimes I think back on my life and, uh, I think about some of the privileges that I enjoy in life now. And I realize that there's probably about five or six people in my life mm-hmm. that have made who I am now possible. Right. And this guy was one of them. And like three of those people are probably teachers. Right. You know? Yeah. It's like when a small group of amazing teachers right. can make up for a whole mm-hmm. world full of disprivilege. Like it's unbelievable, like what great teachers can do. And, and it's really simple stuff. Like he was kind of this ornery guy. I don't even know if he realized what he was doing for, for us. And we were all in the third grade. And so he brought his computer in and we just stayed after him. And we would read the old Apple IIe manual with him. And we figured out how to do all kinds of things. And so. Wow. We, we all learned, like, this group of, like, five students that would stay after, we learned to program in the third wow. grade. Did it have Sublime? It did not have Sublime. <laughs> no. This was, like... The sublime 1. Sublime, yes. This, this was a, a Sublime 1. Uh, wow. You have to remove the giant floppy disk and put in another one every 2K that you type. Wait, so you so you were actually coding on this Yeah. Thing? Yeah, wow. we were coding in, in Logo. Oh, wow. Um, which is, cool. like, Logo. I don't know. If, I know Lego. Yeah, no, like, well, Lego logo. So Lego eventually had a version called Lego logo that was logo for programming Lego. Wow. Things. And then there was Batman, and then Roman yeah, everything. yeah. Then, right, right. <laughs> but uh, logo. So logo. So you that was a that was a language. Yeah, logo. Okay. Logo was a, like a very rudimentary programming language that was basically I don't even remember if there were conditionals in logo, but it was basically like do this thing and then go to this line and do this thing next. Okay. Um. So so it was like procedural programming. But you had to tell it where to, like, where in the line. Like, imagine you were writing JavaScript and you needed it. So you go through your, your function and you needed to do something else. You say, go to line 42 and do what 42 says. That was logo. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was insane. But your, your, soft, your programs were really simple. Like, right. you were just trying to be like, put the letter, you know, A on the screen or something like that. Um, but it was it was a it was a it was a great introduction, uh, and then you know then I would I would program off and on whenever I would get a chance. Uh, but I think I started programming commercially in college. It was actually really interesting. I went I went to this I don't know if I ever told you the story, but I went to this this college in southern Minnesota, and my freshman year I really needed Photoshop okay. to do something. I don't know what mm-hmm. I was doing, um, and I discovered that we had like Photoshop installations in uh-huh. the computer labs. And this was back, like, when, like, Windows registry entries meant nothing. And so you could just do, like, an X copy of a piece of software, and then you'd have it. <laughs> so I hacked it. Well, it was not really a hack. I just basically got into the photo lab computers from my dorm room. Uh-huh. And uh, and I just X copied the C drives <laughs> <laughs> onto my laptop. So I basically stole uh-huh. Photoshop and put it on my computer. And... Uh, <laughs> And I was like, great, I got this, like, $1,000 piece of software for free. And then I got a knock on my door from the sysadmin of the, the dorms. Uh-huh. And they were like, oh, 
you idiot, your IP is all over this thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And you did it on a computer issue or like a, a school issue laptop. <laughs> and uh, so he was like, you know, he's like, I could report you to administration and you'd be expelled for, you know, for basically hacking. I was like, shit my pants. And he was like, or you could work for free for me for the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, programming software for the, for the school. Was there porn music happening in the background? Oh, man, it was so As sexy. As he was saying that. <laughs> As he's saying that. It was like, my, and I was like, my body is ready. <laughs> um, right. um, but anyway. So you ended up working for So I ended guy. up working for He needed guy. software. He needed software okay. just for whatever he was doing. And so I started with ASP back in the day. And ASP, Ooh. like, it's Sorry rough. about that. It sounds rough, but dude, this was like, late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. The thing about ASP in that age was before ASP, for the most part, if you wanted to write web software, you had to, oh, what was that? It was, uh, uh, oh my God, I've been, I've been drinking too much to remember already. Uh, <laughs> but if you wanted to write web software before ASP, you had to write uh, CG, CGI pages. I fucked that up. Somebody may remember um, <laughs> I wish people could see your face right now because you're so. <laughs> a, you're trying to remember this thing, yeah. but also it doesn't look like it was a great experience. No, <laughs> no, it was it was shitty. I mean, it, you had to, you had to. Oh my god, web programming in the late '90s, it was horrible. It was horrible. I, I suspected that more people joined the military <laughs> in the late '90s because they were asked to program web pages, <laughs> and they were just like, nope. I'd rather be shot. <laughs> this is going to be this is, the quote of the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was pretty awful. And so ASP, even though it sounds awful now, was a godsend. It was a lot like PHP. Like PHP, although PHP is still very popular, but um, these things aren't considered cutting edge now. But man, back then it was just like... PHP blew everybody's mind. It was like crazy. It was like, yeah. you mean I can have a web page do two different things? <laughs> like... I can have a variable, like yeah. that title can be something else without me having to rewrite the entire page. I mean, it's crazy. Variables are crazy. They're incredible. That's just a wild thought. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so that's I started with ASP, and then ASP eventually became uh, um, ASP.NET. Microsoft released the .NET suite. And .NET to this day is still one of, uh, you know, Microsoft isn't, although it's changing now, but Microsoft isn't always considered like, sexiest you know technology provider but for anybody that's ever had a chance the asp.net um and the .net stack in general is is incredible microsoft's support of its developers are mind-blowing really it's mind-blowing and what's it's I'm so surprised. funny yeah i'm, I'm you know it, it really surprised me too because especially in those days there was nothing there was no more entertaining activity than hating microsoft <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean it was just and, like, and- Almost everybody did it. Yeah, yeah. Like, Microsoft is kind of becoming cool again. But back in those days, like, hating Microsoft was just fun. Yeah, right. right. You know what I mean? And, and um, anyway, so Microsoft has this incredible support of its developer community. To this day, it's it's something I've never... It's just incredible. And um, so I did ASP programming, which was sort of web and, uh, and, and back-end programming together um, for a little bit. And then... This crazy company called Google came along and mm. released this awesome software called Gmail. Mm. And all of a sudden, all of us people who were developing for the web went, what? You can do this shit? You can do this? <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. You know? Like, single-page applications were not a thing. I, and this is the thing that a lot of people don't realize. Mm. Is that up until 2000 and, what, 
five or six mm-hmm. single page web applications were just it just didn't exist like yeah. it was just it was silly. you're like why would you do that like, yeah. a thick client why the fuck would you do that right um, and so Google did not invent Ajax but they were the first public examples of how incredibly powerful web software could be. So that's when I started taking the web. Was Gchat a part of uh, the first Gmail or it came later? That's a good question. I don't know. I'm not positive. Um, yeah. But I just remember using Gmail for the first time in my Shout head. out to uh, Cousin Mike. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was on the Gchat oh, um, right. strategy team. Oh, fabulous. Or maybe he was leading it. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. I don't remember. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that was, that was incredible, right? Yeah, it was incredible. Like, going in and out of things. Yeah, and, yeah. And if you were a web developer, it was like, blew, blew your mind. And so I started doing, like, um, real basic stuff. Back when... when and let me just uh, yeah. let me just tell everybody. So the pizza showed up, and we had to stop for, like, 45 minutes. And uh, so yeah. we're going to jump right back in. So, so Ajax had started right. growing in popularity after mm. Gmail had been released yeah. um, but back in those days you didn't have jQuery or Angular or, yeah you know even prototype I don't think it been released right. yet so if you wanted to write Ajax you had to code at the XML um, what's the name of that the object XML uh, HTTP mm-hmm. called the X oh, what is it an XML oh man damn it's been so long I used to say this anyway there's this native jQuery there's this native uh, Ajax browser object right that uh, allows asynchronous callbacks okay. to a server. Got it. Okay. Right. Um, and before this was implemented in browsers, this was impossible. Right. Like it just couldn't happen. You couldn't right. do partial page refreshes. You couldn't fetch bits of a data without retrieving the right bits of a page without retrieving the entire page. Um, so this object came along, but of course it was inconsistent across browsers. Right. And so one of the first things you'd have to do if you wanted to do AJAX in like 2005 was wrap this object in something that would obfuscate away or mm. encapsulate the, the, the variance between the browsers. Um, and so this is what you did if you were doing Ajax in 2005. This was half your job was encapsulating this object. And then Prototype was released. The pro- so Prototype was, I think, one of the, I don't know if it was the first, but it was one of the first libraries that encapsulated Ajax. That's so crazy. I thought that was jQuery. No, no, no. no. So I don't, actually... Maybe jQuery came before Prototype. I don't know. But the first I ever used was Prototype. Okay. Okay. And then uh, jQuery took off after that. Like People stopped saying I'm a J- JavaScript programmer and started saying I'm a jQuery programmer. <laughs> like They couldn't make the distinction. For those years, for years, people would be mm-hmm. like, I write jQuery. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I personally still like jQuery. I, I, don't, I don't understand all the hate. Still, no. Yeah. I mean, look, to this day... Look, I write Angular every day, all day. Yeah. There's still some things that I need jQuery for. Yeah. Yeah. Still. Yeah. There's a couple of things. But, yeah. But they're <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. They're yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, things like React are finally making it such right. that you can comfortably get rid of jQuery. Right. Uh, but, I mean, I daily write jQuery. Right. Like, through these huge enterprise applications that I'm building. So jQuery, it's like... It, yeah, it's bloated and blah, 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 blah. But it, it's also solved a lot of problems that just yeah. exist in jQuery now. Yeah. And it's done a great job of encapsulating them behind these APIs that are constantly being tested. Right. And sometimes it's the... You know, so, you know, this is actually a great segue. Because when you when you told me about this podcast, you, you know, one of the things you mentioned was 
it'd be interesting to talk about all of the different personality types that you encounter as mm-hmm. a software engineer. Right. One of the personality types that I struggle with <laughs> are the technology, what I call the te- technology zealots. Okay. Someone who, someone who has adhered themselves to some pure representation of the technology that they're using mm-hmm. and hates you and your mother personally <laughs> for challenging them <laughs> or suggesting that it's possible that one can trade efficiencies. So like jQuery is a great example of this because there's a lot of things that make jQuery less than ideal for modern programming, especially because the mobile web is the fastest growing segment of, right. of, of the web. Um, it's, you know, it's big, it, it's, it can be slow for certain operations. It doesn't always use the most efficient algorithms in the background to, to handle things like sorting. And so I get it. It's imperfect. Um, that doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means that it's imperfect. Yeah, yeah it doesn't mean it's imperfect in everything. Right, too. right. There are things it does great. Right, and, and one of the things that it does great, and one of the things that... It, there's, this should act, I wonder if this is going to remind you of a specific person that we've had <laughs> the privilege or disprivilege of working with. Uh, but when I realized I crossed over from a developer to an engineer is when mm. I realized this fact, mm. which is that there is more at stake when you're building software, especially enterprise software, than your pride. You know? Um, <laughs> often, you're building something that is incredibly valuable to someone else. Right. And it's often valuable to them for a different reason than it's valuable <laughs> to you. Right? Like, it, it may be valuable to you because you get all this geek cred from doing, for doing something amazing. But it's valuable to them because they, they're making a million dollars a day yes, because, if it gets released. Because you made the right decision. Because you made the, and you built, because, first of all, because you built it. Right. And so they, I think I know who it is. Uh, and I'm going to beep this out. This yeah. is no, no. Actually, no. he has a lot of very strong opinions. Uh-huh. But I, I learned a lot from him. Like, I you me too. Know, me too. Yeah, and I disagree with Wait a minute, let him. me take another guess. Yeah. And this sucks for whoever's listening. <laughs> like, yeah. um, you may not have actually worked with him. Guy? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. What a douche. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> he was the worst because he was a great example of somebody who clearly had a lot of potential. Like he was right. a smart kid who right. interviewed incredibly well. Right. Um, and then we would we would we would solve these. We would be trying to solve these problems. Like right. uh, you know, was it Dom related? It yeah, was it, was like some, it was like a Dom-related thing. Yeah. Fuck, now he's going to know who he is. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, he, he should actually, for what it's worth, he should hear this. Because... <laughs> 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 He'll be listening to this. Yeah, because you're not a bad human being. Right. Uh, you're a poor engineer. <laughs> well, you the, were. You Men, were a poor engineer. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the thing. And look, we all went through this. I definitely went through this. Oh, yeah. I've fucked up huge projects because I thought I was being clever. Right. <laughs> and you realize that you were not hired to be clever. You were hired to release software. <laughs> right. And so sometimes you have to do right. suboptimal things to get the software out of the door because there's more at stake than right. you. And and um, <laughs> and so, yeah. So it's so like, yeah, I think, I think he ended up arguing that like something we had done was stupid. Because we'd used, dude, this was crazy. It's like we'd used a, uh, a like a bubble sort instead of like a quick sort algorithm. And I'm like, bitch, this is a nuclear engineer. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're you're right technically. Yeah. yeah, I mean, use the best sorting algorithm that you can you yeah. can. But it, 
It's like we're, we're sorting like 10 things. Right. <laughs> you know, we don't... Let me introduce you to uh, my good friend Contact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you met him before? I don't think so. Yeah. And, and so... Context. Yeah. So it was... It was that, that to me is the, the personality type that I get the most frustrated with. And I've encountered this in my job too. Like I, I got an, a, an argument a few weeks ago with a guy who was like, we were having this argument about... Because I've been doing TypeScript at work. Okay. And, and... How do you like it, by the way? Real quick. I would have loved if TypeScript was what JavaScript. I would have loved it if JavaScript was TypeScript. Right. If that's what they had created, right. that would have been great. Isn't ECMAScript six going to have some of it's, that? It, it's yeah. it's going to bring some of that into okay. it. The problem I have a general disdain for transpiling because it's another thing that I have to learn and maintain. Right. That's why I yeah. haven't yet spend the time. Yeah. To learn TypeScript. Yeah. And so it's like TypeScript is. I I don't have any serious complaints about TypeScript other than the fact that it's a transpiled language and most of the benefit you're getting from TypeScript is compile time, or I mean uh, design time. And the issue with that is that sometimes, like I'm trying to think of a great example of this. Um, so, okay, so, so we're training new developers now that we've built our software up. And one of the questions I get the most often is somebody will do like a, like a cast in, mm -hmm. in TypeScript, where they'll cast one type to another on the fly. And they'll go, like, just, just the other day, guys, somebody came to me and they asked the question, it's like, I cast this object, why don't I have any of the properties of the type I casted into mm -hmm. it? And I had to, like, it took me, like, 15 minutes to explain that casting is, in TypeScript, is a purely design time piece of syntactical sugar. Right. You're not actually changing one object over to another object. Right. And, and it just took a long, because these guys are like Java guys, and they're used to like strict object-oriented programming. Um, it's very confusing. Yeah. And that's what I was talking about before. I was doing hardcore OOP, yeah. you know, pure MVC style, you yeah. know, and I, you know, make that shift from that style to, to JavaScript, yeah. and especially vanilla JavaScript. It's like, you can throw all that yeah. away. Yeah, you know, because it's it's not even relevant. Yeah, you can't even do that. You know, even if you wanted to, you couldn't do that. So yeah. it's it's I guess it's natural. I re that resonates. Yeah, you know? going from OOP to to now, yeah. what JavaScript is, it's a totally reverse it's, way of thinking. It's really yeah. hard. Yeah. The, and the thing is, it's a valiant TypeScript is is the most valiant effort so far at making JavaScript behave more like other languages. Right. But I I have a general problem. I think with people trying to change what JavaScript is. I think if we're going to change it, we need to change it through the standards process. Right. Um, transpiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it just, and then the problem with transpiling is it creates a, a legacy problem, which is that it's, it's fun in games when you're writing TypeScript, <laughs> but when w whatever comes next comes, if people stop caring about TypeScript and it's three years later and then right. my ass has to come in here and figure out what the <laughs> fuck TypeScript is and like yeah, maintain yeah. this whole code. Right. Like, I bet you, <laughs> there are more suicides in the world <laughs> related, to, related to people having to decompile coffee script <laughs> than there are to almost any other thing. That's not a true fact. But I wouldn't be surprised if several people a year kill themselves because, because, because they have to go and fucking because nobody nobody wants to write coffee script anymore. Like, TypeScript is dead. It's okay. just dead. You know, maybe a few people, somebody's going to get it right rate on Jesse like, Warden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Write a comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know what the interesting thing about this is? Uh, you're, you're right. CoffeeScript is better than JavaScript. 
And if JavaScript had been CoffeeScript, we would be happy. But it isn't. <laughs> right? You're like... So I feel like so I feel like we should just let JavaScript be who it is, right? And and it's no, it's hard. It's harder yeah. than other languages, right? But we're all we're doing is pushing <laughs> back the difficulty of JavaScript to, to the person that comes next, or you in the future when you have to now convert all of this godly like code that's no longer supported to something else. Yeah, the Mitch Hedberg joke. Sometimes I look at turkey bacon and I say, <laughs> "Dude, just be yourself." <laughs> 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 no one's judging you. No, yeah. Turkey's fine. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's actually that's a, that is that's an incredibly apropos analogy. That's precisely it. It's just like just JavaScript. You know? JavaScript, be JavaScript. Yeah, just, be, just be JavaScript, man. That's cool. And I feel like if you can't learn JavaScript, then don't write JavaScript in any form. That's right. actually probably the most important. Right. There's nothing worse than having to read a transpop language of someone who clearly doesn't know JavaScript. Right. Because to write good TypeScript, you have to understand You have to understand JavaScript because you can end up doing crazy things. One crazy thing that I actually did when I was first doing TypeScript mm -hmm. at Morgan was, um, so Angular has a natural inheritance model right. in that if you have a controller that's nested inside of another controller, it will inherit the properties of the parent controller scope. So inheritance is sort of built in. Now TypeScript also has its own inheritance model. It has a classical OOP inheritance model. Right. You know, uh, if you implement a, or, or you extend another class, then you get that class's properties. The problem is, if you have a parent controller that is also a superclass, and then the child controller becomes the subclass, you're inheriting the scope properties twice. And in TypeScript, when it renders that code, it nests the the, the subclass inside of the superclass. So the subclass actually does, in a JavaScript prototypical inheritance way, inherit the properties of the superclass. And so you end up with double, like basically instantiating the properties of the scope twice. Um, and that was a classic example of me thinking that I was writing in an object of oriented language and right. I wasn't. I was writing in a language that's prototypically inherited but it's being obfuscated by this OOP veneer. Right. And it created, it just created problems. And so I ended up going back and having to basically choose what it is. So I got in this huge argument at work with this guy and and, uh, and I was like, well, basically, I'm, you know, the problem is that there's this double inheritance happening. And I was like, he was like, it's not inheritance. TypeScript does inheritance. That's different. What JavaScript is doing is like, a, it's borrowing the scope. And I was like, you, you, you're arguing with me because I technically used the word inheritance wrong. But you get what I'm saying, right? Two, two the, the fucking two things are happening and I want them to stop. Ha like, how do I remove all of the language to keep you from being pedantic? You know, and understand my problem. Yeah. And, uh, that's so, a, yeah, that's anyway. a, I think that's more of a people problem. That is a people right? problem. Yeah, yeah. And and when you know throw in programming into the mix, yeah. and you got yourself confusion. Well, right? and, you know, it's a people problem. But the thing is, if people are the only things that we know that can write computer software. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> right? Except for that thing that's coming out. Oh, the grid. Yeah, grid. The grid. The grid yeah, yeah. I, I I haven't looked into it, but so, but yeah. I have this theory about the grid. It's probably 100% false. Okay. But <laughs> um, 
back when uh, when we were at HBO and we would do those Google talks uh-huh. um, at, the, at the Chelsea offices. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what the talk was about, but afterwards, me, Braithwaite, some of the guys from Google, uh, we all got we were talking in the circle, and we ended up talking about um, genetic uh, algorithms. I don't know if you're familiar with genetic no. algorithms. For, for for those of you you that aren't, uh, genetic algorithms are basically algorithms that mimic sort of the some of the basic mechanics of biological right. evolution right um in software and so so we ended up getting in this conversation like i wonder if you could use genetic algorithms to create websites and this was back when like and i mean still is but like multivariate testing and a b testing were becoming a huge thing right um so people were like what if we looked at how people are using our websites imagine that shit and, uh, <laughs> you know, and um, I don't mean to be cynical. I was doing it too. Like, I don't know. I'd say stupid voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, um, so you know, if, I mean, and for those of you who are familiar, A-B testing and multivariate testing is this idea that you can test subtle differences that you change about your site and see how people react. So it's like if this button is bigger or on the left side of the screen, on the right side of the screen, or if the mast head is 30% larger, how will it affect the way people are using my, my, my website? It's a brilliant thing to do because then you can just put metrics on everything, measure the metrics, and then make changes. And it feeds it really well into like a continuous integration environment in which you're always making changes and testing to see how, how people are reacting to those changes. So we're like, fuck all this having to program and stuff. What if you could build a genetic algorithm that would just constantly be making subtle changes to the website and then testing how people are using the website and which changes are more effective and then using that to create the next generation of the site. So the site becomes this constantly evolving thing that's training itself to be easier and easier to use and more and more effective. Um, And so anyway, so we came up with this concept and then like years later, the grid came out. And so I wonder if like one of the guys in that conversation (laughs) was there. Yeah, Yeah, possibly. It could be, it could be, or it could be just, that someone's smart. There's someone. There's someone. There's someone smart. I'm not that special. <laughs> Just probably the truth. All right. So we got way off topic, but oh, shit, I, yeah. just, I just want to go back to you were talking about jQuery, and so you you ended up doing a lot of work on the web. Yeah. Right. And then what I want to get to is that how did you go from the web mm. to what you're doing right now? With oh man, that's that's an interesting story. Um, wow. So I, I so what happened is I was, you know, I, I was working in DC. I moved back to Minnesota for a little bit. I said, you know, I'm going to do something big. I'm going to move to New York. So I came to New York and I, and I started doing some work and I started getting involved in things outside of work. Um, I'm a huge nerd uh, and I love space. Like love space. I grew up reading books about space and like marveling at the Russian and American space programs. And uh, in 2013, NASA came to town um, with the uh, uh, International Space Apps Challenge. And to New York. To New York City, yeah. Well, they, it was global, but I think New York City was one of the main stages. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, they, they sort of presented this challenge to anyone that was interested to show up and, uh, and accept one of the challenges that they'd laid out to help them solve some of the problems that they're having. So it's basically a hackathon for NASA. It was pretty cool, um, and so I showed up, and uh, and I'd just been I'd been uh, you know 
really getting into JavaScript and Node, and uh, and we ended up programming old AR, the original AR Parrot drone, um, along with uh, a custom sonar sensor that we'd made to mimic the behavior of a satellite that could map the surface of an asteroid. And, uh, and the reason JavaScript is relevant is because the original AR drones had to be programmed in Node. And I, maybe they still do, but uh, mm -hmm. they're, they're, you know, I haven't really done droning in a while. But, uh, and so the, my JavaScript's experience was relevant and then I used uh, 3JS and, uh, and WebGL to visualize the sonar data as, as we were scanning and so the idea is we'd fly around the room and map the surface of the room uh, with sonar data. So, um, so that happened, it was amazing, we ended up winning this thing and uh, the prize wasn't you know, the prizes were, were pretty small, more, more or less a pat on the back. It was great. But then weeks later, uh, we get this call from NASA. And the general concept uh, was that when NASA is visiting asteroids, it should create, it, it should, uh, 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 it, all of its main spacecraft should be accompanied by sort of a, a, a small spacecraft along with it that can pop off and do surveying on the surface. They really liked that idea, and they invited us to submit a formal proposal. We a, so we got to go. We got to go down to NASA, submit a proposal, and it just kind of took off from there. Um, eventually, building the satellites didn't quite work out, but it made me realize that there's a lot of really challenging problems that we could be working on, and right. a lot of those problems are much more accessible than we think. Right. And this is actually maybe really, in a tangential way, relevant to to, to this conversation now because. When the guys that were creating what eventually became the information revolution started doing it, everybody thought, very few people were thinking about it because it, it seemed hard in a very ethereal way. Like right. we didn't know the specifics of how to create global networks and personal computers and all of this stuff. And so only a couple of people went for it. Yeah. Right? Um, and that's how we ended up with the personal computing and information revolution. Um, it kind of occurred to me in this group of people that there may be a few things like that now. Uh, the cost of the microelectronics you need to design a spacecraft, uh, you know, do you know, build microprocessors, this kind of stuff has dropped so dramatically that no one has noticed that it's the kind of thing you can do in your apartment now. Right. Um, and so after we sort of went past the, you uh, got past the idea of building these satellites, we started thinking about artificial intelligence, which has gone through this massive, very quiet, but massive revolution, um, uh, sort of spearheaded by deep learning and, and the work that neuroscientists have been doing on the organization of the human uh, neocortex, um, and realized that the technology necessary to express some of the small structures of the human neocortex uh, on a chip has quietly existed for the last few years, but very few people are working on it. So why don't we do it? Um, I don't know whether or not it'll go anywhere. It's mostly just a side project now. Uh, but uh, the reason that this is, anyway, back to this, the reason that I think this is relevant to JavaScript um, is the kind of computing power, the kind of power that we have to build compelling user experiences and thick clients right now was unheard of 10 years ago. Like Angular and React and Ember these frameworks are way more powerful than 
the frameworks that you had at your disposal in building like true thick desktop clients right. 10, 15 years ago. Like you'd have to use like Java. I don't even remember what the Java uh, UX framework was for, for desktops way back when, but it was like yeah, ten years is is a long time. It's, right? it's a very long time. But yeah. yeah, but even even like five years ago. Yeah, even the last five years, like you said, you know, that's a long time yeah. to give things to get to become better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so what are you guys up to now, right now? So what we're doing right now is we're trying to build something called neuromorphic chips. And Neuromorphic chips are are they are semiconductors, so microprocessors that mimic the structure of the mammalian neocortex on the transistor level. So it's not software; it's hardware that physically behaves like neurons. And the idea is instead of trying to mimic neurons in software like modern deep learning algorithms do, um, our modern neural networks do, uh, you can gain an incredible speed advantage by running this stuff directly in silicon and, and dramatically lower the energy that it takes and the space that it takes to run these things so that hopefully you can embed them directly on alongside the applications that you hope to do learning on. So, um, so yeah, so, the, so that's, that's kind of, that's what we're working on right now, but in a, in a very circuitous way, web programming led me there because right. We are right now still very much a part of this revolution that has allowed us to make the web the most compelling platform for computing. Right. Um, and if you think really hard about it, a lot of people had to take these massive leaps of faith to make this happen. And like everybody, if you're entering web programming now, you just take it for granted. But this shit was not taken for granted. <laughs> like, like I started this stuff in the late 90s. Web programming was awful. <laughs> it was like awful. Yeah. No one wanted to do it. it yeah. was, the only reason anyone wanted to do it was because there was so much venture capital to, to like <laughs> pay people to create this yeah. stuff. Um, do you remember Dreamweaver? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do remember Dreamweaver. People still use it, I think. Really? Yeah, I think people... I, I don't think they make it anymore, but... I don't think they... Yeah. They're not. But <laughs> I remember you were talking about, you know, late 90s. For me, it was early 2000, but yeah. we were... So Dreamweaver was awesome because you would drag and drop things, yeah. and then you would everything would look great. Yeah, okay? and, then, <laughs> and then you would add CSS, yeah. and then everything would look <laughs> so terrible. Right. So you hear that interns and junior developers, you can you can be doing web development today and be building stuff for uh, for space tomorrow. You know, I mean, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, okay, actually, I have, I have a good way to tie this in. Okay. <laughs> and the reason that that is not an incredibly insane statement okay. is because for the first time in a long time, in the last few years, web programming has become a true engineering discipline. Right. And because it's become a true engineering discipline, you're learning skills that can be transferred to other engineering disciplines. Very interesting. Yeah. That's, you know that's I mean? a great point. Yeah. I agree. And then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I think that's what happened. It's like I realized suddenly, oh my God, I'm an engineer. I can actually take these skills and use them to program other right. things or build big physical things. And, you know, I mean, look, so. if you can program for, for space as you're doing, you know, you can probably program for anything. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, I have a bunch of questions here I want to ask you mm -hmm. and I want to ask everybody who, who comes in. Um, and they're supposed to be like super quick. Hmm. All right. So just give me your 
you know, brief answer, even if it's like one word. Um, what kind of developer are you? What what is your what is your biggest strength? I'm an architect. Okay. Yeah, I like to design things. Design in terms of the architecture of, of the program. Yeah, yeah. I like I like to think about structures. Okay. Yeah. All right. And this is a good question because we were just talking about this. Is it a good time to actually get started with programming? Only if you don't suck. No. It is an incredibly good time. Um, the market is probably going to undergo some sort of correction. <laughs> not too long, but and it's going to scare people off. But it's not real. Uh, there is a dramatic, um, uh, like, there's going to there, there's still a dramatic amount of demand for good engineers. Right, like it is staggering. Anybody that's been in charge of any kind of technology hiring will back me up 100% on this. Okay. It is so hard to find good engineers. So, so you think it's a good time to start? It is a fabulous time to start. Okay. Because of that, and there's a ton right. of learning resources available. Got it. Yeah. Next question makes no sense, because okay. it okay. says, is it a bad time to start? <laughs> <laughs> yes, for the same reasons that it's a good time to start. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the biggest difference between uh, when you started and now? Uh, it's fun. It's fun. Now it's fun. It's it, fun now. It, it was not fun, fun when I started. Okay. Yeah. What was the coolest thing you worked on? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, it's got to be some of the space stuff. Yeah, that, I mean that stuff is cool, but it, related to web programming, the coolest thing I worked on uh, was probably HBO Smart Glass. Smart Glass. Yeah. Oh, we did that together. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. yeah. <laughs> what do you think sucks about the web industry right now? Um. From any angle, uh, still too many competing standards. Okay, got it. Yeah, and that would be actually my answer to: Is it a good time to start? It's fucking confusing as fuck. It it is confusing yeah. as fuck. It's hard. It, yeah. It's still hard. It's hard. It's way harder to be a good web programmer than it is to be like a good Java programmer, yeah. C sharp programmer. Um, okay. So you does, think the competing uh, yeah competing platforms and all that competing platforms, competing yeah. browsers. Okay. Yeah, all that stuff. Uh, technologies you use right now, every day? Uh, Angular, TypeScript, uh, jQuery, D3. That's nice. kind of my stack. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. What technologies do you like? Do you like all those? I like all those. Um, what else do you like that you, you want to do? I, I'm really starting to dig Ember. Really? Yeah. Okay. And mostly because I'm a little nervous for Angular. Ollie Griffiths, are you listening? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I, I haven't done a lot of it, but I'm starting to get really nervous for Angular. This this transition to 2.0 is really? not going to be smooth. I hope it is. 2.0 is fine. Like, I, yeah. just, I don't have a problem with it. It's just there's so much Angular 1.0 out there right now. And for the big... What Angular did that no one else could do is they convinced Enterprise to build large open source based right. web applications. So there's a ton of like banks and, and media companies and all these huge companies that invested millions and millions of developer in dollars like 1.X. in 1.X. And now, and now like, although 1.4 is allegedly going to have some upgrade. Be backwards compatible. Yeah, paths, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, you know, like, 
man, it, it was like a three or four year fight just yeah. to get us to be able to upgrade things at these big banks. And yeah. now all of a sudden we're like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah. What technology do you wish you knew? Or you were Ooh. better at? You could say nothing. You could say, hey, I'm perfect. I've had three drinks. I'm pretty... I'm pretty <laughs> yeah, that's right. that's right. I wish I was better at drinking more old-fashioned. <laughs> um, oh, that's a good question. I wish... I wish I was better at Python. Really? I know that sounds weird because like Python isn't like a big player anymore. Okay. But Python is used a lot in scientific computing. Okay. And, uh, and <laughs> there's a lot of fun stuff that you can do with like Who knew? sci-fi. And, yeah. Who knew? James Wanga... Wishes he knew more Python. Yeah. Okay. What's your biggest fuck up? Oh shit! I got <laughs> good ones, I've got some that are like deep in the back of like super repressed. I've got some that are like further repressed than like the priest touching me. <laughs> you know? I've got. Some, I'm gonna fucking cry right now. Um, oh man! When it comes like, to web programming. Oh shit! Let's limit it to that. No, this is. I got some good ones. I gotta think hard about this one because I've had. I definitely have some that I've like tried not to think about. Okay. Uh, you wanna come back to it? Yeah, yeah, let's come back okay. to that. I got some like, oh okay. my god. How yeah. do you keep up with the industry? I just read, man. Yeah. I read and I hack. Like I just you program. So like dude, just if you're not reading hacker news, right. you're fucking up. Because like you've yeah. gotta read hacker news. Okay. Um, that's good advice. Yeah. Yeah, just just it's probably the best place on the web to keep up with what's changing. Right. Yeah. How often do you work on something? And it goes exactly as planned. That has never happened. Never happened. <laughs> never <laughs> even once. I thought so. Yeah, I couldn't even get here the way I wanted to tonight. <laughs> yeah. The end is going really yeah. express. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so feel free to, to not answer if you don't want to. But what do you think about project managers? Because I'm sure you have one now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like they were born like that. <laughs> so we can't, you know, they don't okay. have that excuse. It's okay. not genetic. No, I know. I mean, project managers are fun to hate. Just like, kind okay. of like we were talking about Microsoft in the mid, yeah, you yeah. know, 2000. But, but they have to be there. They have to be yeah. there. Yeah. And the, here's the thing, though. A good project manager, you know, I don't think developers understand how good their lives are because of project managers. <laughs> yes, but, I know. You know, like... I don't have one right now. I, I play project manager yeah. sometimes. This shit's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's super. It's not only is it super hard, but when a developer, like developers, are, I think we often don't realize that we're working for someone. Yeah. We really think that we're getting paid all of this money to come and have fun. You know, like to come and be like, and just like write shit for our resume, like our, you yeah. know, um, forget a fucking semicolon. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. I'm getting paid. Or we we have clients. Is you know. There's someone who needs this thing to be built so that they can run their business. Yeah. And they're really serious about so, running their so business. They their children. <laughs> yeah. They need to, yeah like they're very serious about it. And, uh, and so I've had a couple really great managers in my life. Scott was actually a really good manager yeah. at, at HBO to me. Um, yeah. You and Scott clicked. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I got along really well with Scott. Um, and right now at Morgan, I have this, like this, my, my, mm-hmm. the, the, the guy I report to. Right. Kyle, Kyle Evans, if you're listening, um, he's amazing because the people I'm writing the software for make millions, hundreds of millions of dollars a year, right. billions of dollars probably <laughs> a year off of this software. Right. And so when something is wrong, 
Right. They are not happy. No, they're, not happy. <laughs> you know, they're, they're really upset. And they're calling Kyle. And they're calling Kyle, not me. <laughs> and and yeah. so, more than anything else, yeah, that is the reason that managers are important, okay. especially in enterprise. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah. Thank you, the Kyle the Scots of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. We don't. We forget that they're there. Yeah. Um, but when they're not there, you know, when they're there, you don't pay attention. But when yeah. they're not there, they're kind of like. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't pay attention until you need them. <laughs> yeah. When they're not there, you're like, well, where's your? <laughs> I just have a yeah. That's, that's, that's really weird. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, project manager friends. Uh, next one. It's old fashioned. It's great. Yeah, it's what do you think about the future of the web? What do you think is gonna happen in like five years? Oh shit. Um, and this will live forever, so you this, better get yeah, it right. Yeah, I better get it right. <laughs> uh, well, I think what will happen uh, is we're going to realize that uh, just writing things on a scroll and taping them to a passenger pigeon was probably the better idea. And you we'll think just so? Go yeah. Back to that. But they didn't support CSS. Well, <laughs> it was better than <laughs> no competing standards, just the pigeons. No, um, the future of the web. Uh, I mean, I think we're going to get a convergence of some of the major platforms, obviously. So, like, I don't know who's going to win. I don't, no one person is going to win. It's not going to be, you know, Angular or Ember. On That's the a great point. Yeah. But uh, but there will be some convergence. There, there won't be 30 billion fucking things to choose from <laughs> when you want to write a, right. a, a piece of web software. Which is why I think it's going to be... Uh, easier to get started with web development, yeah. maybe in a few years. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's true. But the problem is, once it gets easier, is when it gets saturated. That's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well, I, I don't think web and web. There's so much mm-hmm. software to write. I don't think it's going to be. And software engineering is hard, so yeah. it, it naturally calls a lot of people that start. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, so I think that's going to happen, and then there's going to be a convergence of platforms. Right. We haven't got it right yet, but I I see the web. Uh, becoming the primary software uh, platform, or at least web programming, becoming the p- primary way you program for all of your devices. Right. That may not be true, though. It, like it, it may not happen that way because people have been predicting that for a long time. But I think we're still headed that way. Right. Um, JavaScript is going, getting more powerful. Browsers are getting more powerful. Right. Eventually, we're going to figure out a way to make apps that work just as well offline as they do online, and then. Be able to say, you know, fuck Java, fuck Swift, fuck object, Objective C. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just let's just write a piece of software. That so you have hope for the. Web. I have hope. I I mean, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think there's also new platforms that are going to make the web more interesting, uh, like virtual reality, like uh, things like the Oculus Rift or the Samsung Gear, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Uh, it's Gear, right? Or I don't know about Samsung, Samsung VR or mm-hmm. something. Um, I know the Google Cardboard. Yeah, there's Google Cardboard mm-hmm. and things like that. And uh, what's important is about this is virtual reality is finally here for reals. Like, this is like it's here. Now. Yeah, yeah. It's here. Um, and it's a like it's amazing. You I don't know if anybody. Right? Yeah, I, I own an okay. Oculus Rift. Oh, okay. Yeah, and like I own an early dev version. Okay. I own like the shitty version that was tucked together with like. <laughs> like gum and Duck tears and, you know <laughs> and it's still amazing and it still blows your mind yeah I mean it makes yeah. you vomit but you get past that it's still it's still incredible and as these things as they get higher resolution we, uh, 
we're able to overcome like these nausea problems and sensors get better, right. uh, it is going to become a dominant internet experience. Right. It's going to become one of the dominant internet experiences. And you think what we do is going to translate into that? Obviously, I, I think it's going to. Here, here, I'm going to. I'm going to make a bold ass claim. Okay. I don't know if it'll be JavaScript specifically, right? But I believe that virtual reality is going to become one of the dominant interconnected computing modes sometime in the future, maybe not five years. Um, And the way we program virtual environments is going to be directly derivative from the way that we currently program the web, um, in which you have platforms that run some kind of common language and disparate people all over the world can create experiences and invite other people to join those experiences. So instead of creating a web space, I'll be able to use some kind of common language to create a virtual experience that you can then visit using your virtual device. I see a direct analogy between the web and what's happening with virtual reality. So I think that's something that's definitely possible in the future. You know, um, As always, James, you uh, expanded my horizons. I think what you meant is I made shit up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I got the as always. As always yeah. <laughs> okay, before we uh, finish, what, what's, what was your biggest fuck up? Oh, I stopped thinking about that. Um, In production, too. Oh, man. No, no, no. I've got a good one. Okay, let, let me ask you a similar question. Yeah. Explain a situation where whether your boss or the project manager or someone was really mad at you <laughs> <laughs> because of your code. Shit, there's that many? No, it's just like, <laughs> I just, I, you know what's funny is like, I'm thinking back and I can, re- like my, my nervous system is reacting. <laughs> and like, so I can feel it. What is it about? But the truth is like buried somewhere. <laughs> <and I'm trying laughs> to- <laughs> what is it about the writing shitty code that it is just scary? It's just, so and scary. deploying. Yeah. Deploying shitty code. Because then, like, when people are, <laughs> I think, because the thing is like, when you're working on something as a developer, you're just like, you're sitting in your your private little hut for a few right. months and yeah. then you've got to deploy. So like you get used to being like, Oh, I fucked up. Big deal. Like somebody's going to have to like do a Git reversion or something. <laughs> and like, you don't, you don't really think about it. And then, and then one day you deploy and you realize, Oh, people need my software to make money. They need my yeah. software to stay alive and yeah. like can feed their, pay their mortgage and feed their children. <laughs> and my thing needs to work. Yeah. And it's a huge problem. Yeah. If the number that I'm telling you is negative instead of positive, <laughs> That, that means the world to you. That's the difference between you shooting yourself yeah. and leaving your widow behind. <laughs> and, and, not, and not. And so, like, that's what, so when you fuck up in production and you care about the work that you do, it's scary as hell, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to think of what this was. So, I've, I mean, I've had a couple. So, I, the, the one I can think of is I was. I'm not even going to mention the company specifically because they might still be looking for me, but. <laughs> I had one where I was I was working on it was an organization. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> they can hear you. <laughs> and I needed to like basically create an enterprise service bus for them. Okay. Um, in which basically all of their data and all of their activity, all the things they were doing from HR to 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 accounting and everything flowed through this bus and it had right. to be like managed properly. So I, I was, I was, and I was like, dude, I got this way to do this. That's just like better than, I'm just like the greatest engineer in the world right now. And, 
And so I came up with this really elaborate architecture. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't need to use that platform. My thing is better. I know better. Like, I know way better than the fucking 40 years of computer science that have come before me. <laughs> and so I built this thing and it was going great when it was just an experiment. And then, like, the boss came and he was like, all right, like, Where is we're it? deploying in, like, three weeks. Let's start demoing. And I was like, ah, oh, the demo's not ready yet. And I was like, I really, I mean... In the back of my mind, I knew that like one percent of it was done. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. the, dude, I laugh because that's <laughs> such a familiar feeling. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, like there's the thing in your head that's like, it's not done. It's never gonna be done, and you couldn't do it if it could be done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, it's like okay, I open Sublime. <laughs> that's about yeah. Oh, that's ready. That's about all of it. And so, like, like I, you know, and the thing is like. It wasn't just laziness. Like I put in a lot of work into this like elaborate platform. Right. I was. I remember like I was trying to choose at the beginning of the the project. I was trying to choose between MVC and MVVM. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was just like, neither one of these is good enough. I need to come up with a better architecture. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And like, I just wish I wish future James could like teleport back there and just like lean gently into my ear and go, "You can't pick one." <laughs> Don't try to create your own fucking MVC architecture. Why would you do that? You're not that smart. Like, you drive a fucking Nissan. You're not that good. You're just not a, you know, like, just accept it. Just accept it. You're just, you maybe one day you'll be better, but today you're <laughs> shitty. You're just, like, you're shit. So bad today. You're just, like, stop being a shithead. You know? Uh, and, future and, James. Yeah. With, like, don't you silver hair? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just like sit there with like a with like a bourbon in the hand and be like, you know what you are? Nothing. No. Fuck you. That's who, that's who you are. I hope you die today, so I fade away. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't. I know. I know that you didn't die today because I'm here, but I want you to die anyway, so that I don't have to suffer meeting you because you you suck for making this dumbass decision and thinking that you can somehow god I want to back to the future myself <laughs> yeah myself that's how much I hate I actually had a good life and I would rather not have it than watch this bullshit happen right now <laughs> you're, you're gonna have a great life and gonna, I want to keep I hate you so much I want to keep you who is me from having a good life <laughs> and kill both of us yeah and kill us both <laughs> but yeah and so like so i was just like so the boss was like and and i just remember being like yeah this is like the back of your mind is like impossible and the front of your mind is like maybe maybe (laughs) so i might as well be like fuck yeah and so so it's like like we're down to the day and it's like time to demo this software and like like, we had to fly out to the client who was in another part of the country. Shit. And I'm not even going to mention shit specifically because I could probably still be sued for this shitty performance. <laughs> but, and I just remember, like, starting to show people what I've been working on. And it was such garbage. <laughs> and it was just, like, garbage. And the, the worst part about programmers creating garbage is we're such, we're so full of shit. Like, we're so, like... But it's, you know, it's just like MVVM was like technically had a bigger memory footprint. 
And I'm talking to this motherfucker whose hundred million dollar business is riding on my performance about like 4K memory. Like, do you think he gives a fuck? Like, he doesn't no. care. You know, yeah. if, it was, if it was legal to kill, he, he would, would kill me. He would, he would just like right immediately murder yeah. me. Yeah, he'd yeah. Be right there, right there. Yeah, and it would be to, like morally yeah. acceptable yeah. for him. It, yeah. Even though it's illegal, it would have been all right. I think like morally. Yeah, but then, but it really like, so that's how it ended. So th- so that I so I, I got like fired basically and okay. and uh, <laughs> and so and I just remember like, up until the last minute, just like fighting. <laughs> to just be like, this is the technically the best way. And like, I just remember like the looks on like some of my boss's faces were not technical at all. Just kind of looking at me when I was talking and be like, do you understand that we have to run a business? Like, yeah, you're not helping that. Yeah, you don't understand the first thing yeah. about why any of us are here. Yeah, yeah. You think that, that's, Sorry, I don't mean to contribute. No, no, no that's, that's a brilliant way of putting like the attitude of like the young whippersnapper programmer. Yeah. It's like you don't get the first thing about why we have to do this, yeah. you know? And it's just like you you treated this like your, your fucking dissertation, and yeah. it's not. Yeah. I would have rather you – like, and, and I, I think the thing that, that I feel really bad about is like in the beginning – I was really condescending because they were suggesting much simpler, trivial solutions. Like, okay. why don't we just build a SharePoint website? I was like, fuck SharePoint. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. It's ridiculous. Fuck. Well, like, in yeah. reality, it could have actually worked. It would have, it would have, it wouldn't have been ideal, but yeah. it, it, the customers would have grumbled, but they could have used it and made right. money. Um, and I treat, I feel like I, I think the feel worst about it is like I treated that, I treated him poorly when he made the suggestion right. as if like somehow it's beneath me right. as a mediocre junior engineer, right. you know, and, uh, and that like the older I got and the better an engineer I've become, the more I realize that my job as an engineer is not to engineer. My job as an engineer is to create a product, right? That's my first job. Right. If I can figure out a way to create a product, I then start engineering the best product I can possibly create, given right. the constraints I have. That second bit of that sentence is all of engineering constraints, <laughs> right? Okay, that, well, you might have changed the, the quote of the episode, yeah. but that, that was, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I wish more people paid attention to that yeah. point. Well, you you kind of have to learn, and that's I think that's why we said that. It's like, like we you know we give shit. But he's probably better for being an asshole once or twice, right. and like having been, you know, being shut down. Yeah, to make mistakes is is not so bad. Yeah. you know, if you learn from, it. if you learn from, if yeah. you severe. And this thing, when you make those mistakes, you think you're dead. Yeah, uh, which is why I'm glad that the United States has great labor laws because <laughs> you can't actually be killed for doing a bad job. Right. Um, but it does. It feels you feel like shit. Like you yeah. feel like you've lost your job. You've worked yeah. so hard, or you you just like you've let someone down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, it's a shitty feeling. It's a shitty feeling. Yeah. And like, it, it's with you forever. Like, you, it, yeah. I'm fucking, like, physically irate about it still. <laughs> but it's, um, uh, yeah, but, you, you know, you learn and then you do a, you do a better job. Hopefully next time. Next time yeah. yeah. All right. So before we wrap up, one sentence for someone who is very new to technology and coding. One sentence. What, what would you say to them? When you're fucking pissed is when you're learning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. that's a good one, and it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. It's true. if if you never get pissed off, yeah. you just you're not learning anything because it's yeah. hard. 
Right. And that's the reason that literally everyone isn't doing it. Right. If, they, if it was easy, then everyone right. would do it. Yeah. If, if it doesn't hurt, you're not growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Well, thank you for uh, joining me today. Yeah. This was awesome. Was I had a great pleasure. time. Um, I don't think we're done drinking. No. Um, how many we had? Three? Three. Yeah. Yeah, there's still, still a lot of booze in that bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a good drink. And so... Um, Eagle rare. Yeah, I hope you come back and we do this again. Love to have you back. Yeah. Oh, and you are at James Wanga, right? Twitter? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know, I just Twitter that often. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, how do people find you and ask you questions about, yeah, you know, whatever? Yeah, uh, tweet at him, brother. Yeah. Like <laughs> James, uh, probably at James Wanga <laughs> on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll find it. I'll add it to yeah. the <laughs> To the website yeah. episode. Yeah. All right, cool. Hope you guys uh, got a couple of things out of this. And, yeah. and you know what? I think I'm going to have like quotes of the episode section. Dude, that's a good Yeah, because yeah. th- you had a bunch of really good ones. At least four. It's almost like I wrote them down before I came. Well, why would I do that? Why would I do that? <laughs> Who would do that? Who would do that? Yeah. What kind of fucking... All right, cool. And yeah. I'm also I'm uploading uh, pictures from the episode of the pizza, the old-fashioned. And then later we'll do a selfie. Oh, yeah. All right. Cool. So thank you guys for listening. Until next time, see you later. Peace.